0: You got shell, show. Everybody's ego takes a shot on this show.
1: This is Rutledge and Hamilton with Jim Rutledge and Matt Hamilton, presented by Coors Light on 100.5 ESPN.
2: Hey, this is this is ridiculous. First of all, upgrade the out-of-state recruiting. Honestly, if you went, if I went year from year from just my time here, and the best player on our team outside of one year. Outside of our 2016 year, where TJ Watt was the best. Broadcasting
1: girl. live from the Everlight Solar Studio with Matt Hamilton, peers Jim Rutledge.
3: I tell you, our producer, our best producer is not from the state of Wisconsin. couldn't be me. Couldn't be you. I will tell you that. This is Rutledge and Hamilton, presented oh, by. Hold
4: on a minute. Who is the best producer? They're
3: all from Wisconsin. Well, Molly Brown spent time in uh, Iowa and in Arizona. She doesn't produce. Anymore. She's America's favorite producer, though. She she, she moved, still has that title. Yeah, she moved on. She she did produce. I didn't say current producers. Yeah. Well,
4: actually, fair point.
3: Yeah, that's fair. All right, this is Rutledge and Hamilton. We are live from the Everlight Solar Studio. We're presented by Coors Light. The mountains are blue. You know what to do. And that's crush a Coors Light. So I want to. I'm going to switch off the Packers conversation here. Because the Badger talk, Matt, on Friday got spicy. Huh. Because former Wisconsin State Journal columnist Tom Oates was, I would say, concerned that maybe Wisconsin didn't have a great recruiting class so far for 2024 regarding in-state recruits. Right. It is being uh, being viewed very highly overall as a recruiting class. And if you're in Illinois, you're freaking out because the Badgers took two out of your top 10 players out of that class. If you're the state of Pennsylvania, you're freaking out because the Badgers took two out of the top ten players in that class. If you're Minnesota, you're freaking out because the Badgers took the best player out of your state. And you can conversely say Wisconsin lost the best player of their state. Worth noting, that kid, and there's nothing against the kid, is from California, has been in the state two years, so there's not these big ties to it. And He didn't grow up watching Badger football. Right, and Fickle, I believe, I don't think Chris was in much on him, Fickle got in late. The, the kid's dad even said, these guys crushed it. He just already had a relationship with Luke Fickle, I mean with P.J. Fleck, And so he's just going to honor that, which is not too out of bounds there. So we did ask the question. You can chime in 844-770-3776. Are you worried about the Badgers in-state recruiting? Because we also talked to Tarek Saleh, all-time leader in SACS UW history. And he said that, like, talking to high school coaches in the area, and Tarek is plugged in with them, he said that they're doing – the Badger coach staff is doing exactly what they said they're doing. They are at these schools. They are recruiting these kids. They're not ignoring the in-state kids. It was just one bad – recruiting cycle as far as the in-state kids, but they've been able to supplement that.
0: And I feel like, and again, I don't know how much can be chalked up to this, but like this last year for the Badgers was so tumultuous going through. You lost a coach. You had an interim head coach that a lot of people kind of had the feeling was going to be the next guy. And then when you brought a new guy in, in Luke Fickle, he had less time than most of these coaches do to recruit. Or, or, like, if Paul Chris had some commitments, Luke Fickle's got to make sure that these kids are still committed, even though their coach, the guy who brought them in, isn't going to be there. This was something that we all should see, have seen coming for year one of a coach who's coming in late to assist to a new, like, state. The guy doesn't have any foothold here yet. So, like, I don't think... I, if this was year three or four of Luke Fickle, I would say, yeah, there's plenty of reason to hit the panic button. But year one, when the guy had no footing in the state and no ability to start recruiting until halfway through the fall last year or even later, like, you got to give the guy a little bit of time to get his feet wet. Let him establish himself in the state. Let them spread those Fickle roots all the way across Wisconsin.
3: Um, I agree with you because you know what Luke Fickle did? At Ohio State, he recruited the state of Ohio. At Cincinnati, he recruited the State of Ohio. But he also had assistance. And the thing that what it stands out to me is that where the Badgers are recruiting from right now are largely because of the existing ties that Luke Fickle already had. You know what that tells me? Luke Fickle knows how to establish roots in the areas he needs to be mm-hmm. to get the recruits. Why are they pulling early from the you know Pennsylvania and some places they don't normally pull from? Oh, It's because that's where the coaches on his staff have roots already. Yeah. And now they'll reestablish some roots in the state of Wisconsin. I love his plan in the state of Wisconsin. hopefully
0: he continues to, like, keep those roots. Hopefully he keeps some of those out-of-state connections so he can still steal away, like, the best Illinois recruit or the best Pennsylvania or Ohio recruit. That's all going to be good things for the Badgers. Like, the fact that we've got kids in the transfer portal trying to come here to play with Luke Fickle, that should give you more optimism than anything.
3: Eight four four seven seven zero thirty seven seventy six. 770 You worried at all about Luke Fickle and recruiting the state of Wisconsin. Let's hear the clip uh, from Chris Orr. And uh, to be fair, he did say this and has responded to by Tom Oates on Twitter, basically saying that Chris is missing the point. I want to add even more context because Chris and I had a big, long conversation. You listen back to that. Wisconsin, the man, Apple, Spotify, and all those great places brought to you by our good friends at Revive Restoration. You have, home, you have uh, home or business damage. Go to revivepros.com. Revive Restoration can help you out. Let's hear from Chris Orr.
2: Hey, this is, this is ridiculous, first of all. Upgrade the out-of-state recruiting. Honestly, if, you went, if I went year from year from just my time here and the best player on our team outside of one year, Outside of our 2016 year, where T.J. Watt was the best player on our team, the best player on the team was an out-of-state guy. It was an out-of-state guy. The, the the greatest badger of all time, the play, one player that we put on the highest pedestal is an out-of-state guy.
3: the person people chime in because we're not having that discussion. is Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor. Also <laughs> out-of-state. All right.
2: And this is the other thing. Listen here, bro. I love, I love being a Wisconsin Badger. I love the University of Wisconsin. I'm going to be a Badger till the day I die, bro. And even after that, (laughs) for you to talk about the care of a program, you think somebody cares less about a program because of where they're from? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? So you think that these guys, (laughs) you think that these guys that are from Wisconsin they go somewhere else, care more about Wisconsin than where they go? You think I care more about UT, my, my, my parents, uh, alma mater? I hate them. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs>
3: so I'll let you go first there, Matt, as you want to respond a little bit. I think Chris Orr is calling in. And I, what I'm doing right now is actually I'm bringing up the, the roster of the Badgers' arguably best season when they won, they won the Orange Bowl. That was a heck of a season from yeah. the Wisconsin Badgers. And I'm looking through it right now. But, I mean, you're talking about uh, Kendrick Pryor, Illinois. A.J. Taylor, uh, Missouri. You're talking Chris James, who's was running back on that team. Pittsburgh. Danny Davis, Ohio. Uh, and then Bradrick Shaw, who contributed. Uh, Alabama. Obviously, Joe Ferguson is a Wisconsin kid. Oh, Jack Cohen, the freshman quarterback on that team. He was from New York. Uh, <laughs> let's get uh, Chris Orr. Chris, we're talking about the team that the Badgers won the uh, – uh, Orange Bowl with and, you know, it was full of a bunch of guys who weren't from Wisconsin, so clearly they, they hated the Badger program and just played here out of spite. Right, Chris?
5: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, appar- apparently. Apparently, <laughs> we just wanted to play here just because, you know, we love football, but not the program at all. Nobody endured through anything for the program, for that Motion W. Uh, I don't know. I just feel like Tom's take was horrible. I still, I'm still want to know. The what he was trying to get to. When people think of build a fence around the state, that just means, obviously, ideally, your top players from Wisconsin, you don't want them to leave. You want them to come and play at the University of Wisconsin. If they so happen to still leave anyway, you want to replace them with somebody, no matter where they're from, of the same or better talent. That's all it is. You're going to have pride no matter where you go because that's when you spend the next four to five For three to five years of your life, every day, you're going to have pride in that. Your teammates, no matter where they're from, you create bonds that are literally inseparable. I I have bonds with people that I didn't even play with at the University of Wisconsin, who are from Wisconsin or not from Wisconsin, who the only reason we have a relationship is because we both played ball as Badgers. I just think it's a horrible take. I think that, you know, obviously culture comes from your leadership. Obviously, you're going to have pride in the program when you put your body on the line every day for that place. Like that's that's literally what everybody does. That's what you do, no matter where you go. Had I had had I been from Wisconsin and gone somewhere else, guess what? I would have pride in that place. I probably would have hated Wisconsin. That's what, that's what happened. <laughs> <So> <laughs> that's what happened.
3: Let's play the quote from Tom Oates. This was on Wilde and uh, Tausch on Friday uh, because well, we'll get to it in a second. And, you know, I think Tom's point was don't ignore the state of Wisconsin. And I think it just got a little bit overblown in this because I don't think Coach Fickle is ignoring the state of Wisconsin. Nor do right. I think that recruiting just the state of Wisconsin is a way to win. And remember, some of the biggest recruits for Wisconsin, as a few people chimed in, Jeff and Janesville and others, would say that. They were walk-ons, which are guys that they're not getting scholarships anyways. We don't know what the walk-on guys that Luke Fickle's going to bring in here. I don't think they're ignoring Wisconsin. I think it's people getting, uh, what's the word here, where you're you're just all of a sudden afraid of outsiders. And i I, like almost xenophobic right now. That it's like, (laughs) oh my God, someone not from Wisconsin (laughs) is recruiting Wisconsin, uh, and and he didn't get the Wisconsin players, so he must hate all Wisconsin players. Let's hear from Tom Woods.
1: Yeah, I think if Luke Fickle can upgrade the out-of-state recruiting, It would be great, but I don't think Wisconsin can ever lose sight of the fact that over the last 30 years and even prior to that, when this program was really good in the early 50s and early 60s, that it's the backbone of this program has always been Wisconsin players. And I don't just mean... Their football ability. I mean, the the workout. Hey, this is this is ridiculous. First of all, and the leadership.
2: Upgrade the out of state yeah, recruiting. What's going on there uh,
1: caring that they bring to this program creates the culture, and it's been a culture that's worked.
3: And and Chris, I think that's the part initially when Tom Oates said the backbone of the program. Yes and no. I mean, the start. Like if you look at the 2017 Badgers, arguably maybe the best Badger team in a long time. They went 13 and one and won the Orange Bowl uh, with Paul mm. Chris. That team, most of the star players were not from the state of Wisconsin. The state of Wisconsin is very important. I think the bone, and correct me if I'm wrong here, Chris, the bone you have to pick with Tom Oates statement is, is, and you kind of touched on it before, the idea that out-of-state kids don't care about Wisconsin and won't bring the character that Wisconsin kids right. are because they're from out-of-state.
5: Right, exactly. That's, that's exactly what it is. That's exactly what it is, and that is a ridiculous statement. That's, that's wild. I went, I went over 20 hours away from home and I'm still here because I love this program. I love this place. This is this is where you become a man. This is where you become an adult. This is where majority of your life choices flow from. Like, literally, you can't erase that. There's, there's not going to be erased. You're going to have pride in that, no matter what. Whenever I'm watching the badges now that I'm not suiting up and putting that motion W on the side of my head anymore, I'm always betting on the badges. I'm always cheering for the badges, no matter what. I don't care what. Don't, it doesn't even matter... What the circumstances are, Bucky by a billion.
3: Always. <laughs> 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 exactly, Chris. Bucky,
5: by a, Bucky I, I, by a billion. I
0: don't understand where Watts is coming in either, or Oates, Tom Oates is coming in. I I just It makes no sense to me. When you get recruited into something like that, you're. You're not necessarily you're not like necessarily becoming a Wisconsinite but you are joining like a bl- brotherhood playing under yeah. essentially like a flag or a motion W in this case like once you sign up and you're in everybody in that locker room has the same goal and that's win football games and be good that's going to help the organization as like a whole in general so like this whole thought that like if you don't grow up bleeding you know, red and white for Badgers that you can't come into the Badger locker room and be a Badger is kind of an outrageous statement. Because, Chris, just talking to you, you sound like one of the biggest Badger fans I've ever talked to. And I'm not sitting here saying, like, that guy must be from Mequon. That guy must be from Sun Prairie. You hear how much he likes the Badgers? no way he's from (laughs) utah or wherever the heck you're from (laughs) you know what i mean like that just makes no sense you have become a part of this squad like you spent four years there
5: exactly 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 every every day every day we came in and as a team you come in and you work for one goal and that goal is a national championship now we've never even we never got there in my time there but that was the only objective every year that's the only objective. No matter where you are, all 128 Division One, uh, Single A programs have the same objective: go win a national championship. It doesn't matter where you're from. Once you get there, that's the that's the only goal. We're we're all collectively working towards that, and you're playing through torn whatever's brews, whatever, literally for your teammates who are putting on the same gear as you, so you have that same exact pride. You have that same exact pride. I just want to know what he thinks of all of the athletes who are from Wisconsin that didn't go to Wisconsin. I wonder how he thinks they feel. Do. Does he think that they, they hate they Wisconsin? They hate Stanley, Wisconsin. Nate Stanley's from Wisconsin and he went to Iowa. You think he still has some pride for the University of Wisconsin? No, he probably hates us. hmm <laughs> Absolutely. That's why, we that's why we folded them in 2019 on the goal line. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's just what it is.
2: That's, that's why, why they shortened his neck. <laughs> there
0: you go. <laughs> uh,
4: it's maniacal there for Chris. Soar.
0: Uh,
3: Chris, we'll hear you tonight with uh, Brad Nortman and Alex Strofe at the Great Dane Huddle. Yeah. So we'll get more of your thoughts on that. Thanks for uh, calling in because I, I heard you were getting a little heated. Uh, with no the, we put your uh, your social put it up on ESPN Madison your clip and uh, you're getting some responses so you can respond more tonight Chris thanks for hopping on I
5: love it no problem appreciate y'all See
3: appreciate it. you you know who else was a, a great uh, Badger and was also a New York Jet and his son was a Badger from uh, the state of Wisconsin so he did you know was from Middleton yeah huh? a good was friend like, keep Nick, it within the state yeah so obviously Nick tried extra hard yes it's harder than Chris or clearly because Chris is from Texas <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no Olsen tune. That crew is great.
0: Absolutely. The uh, crew out of Olson Toon is definitely top of the line, A number one in outdoor living spaces. Since 1997, they have over. 50 years of combined experience in their uh, design and management teams, and because of that, they have become one of Wisconsin's premier design, build, landscaping, and outdoor living firms. From landscaping and maintenance to irrigation, concrete work, pools, and more, if you've got an outdoor living need, large or small, Olson Tune is here to help. You can go online and visit OlsonTune.com and get started on your small business project, or home project today. There's no project too big or too small. Olson Tune is here to help. Go check them out at OlsonTune.com.
3: We'll throw some stones next. Rutledge and Hamilton presented by Coors Light.
1: You're listening to Rutledge and Hamilton presented by Coors Light. Miss any of the show? Find full show podcasts free on Wisconsin On Demand and wherever you get your podcasts. I need your
3: joined the show last segment. He'll be on uh, the Great Dane Huddle later today. If you missed any of Chris's interview, you can listen back Wisconsin Wisconsin, the man, Apple, Spotify, any of those great places, Matt Hamilton. And it's brought to you by our
0: great friends at Revive Restoration. That's right, because nobody plans for accidents to happen. But when they do, you can count on Revive Restoration to be professional, efficient, and detail-oriented as they make things right again. From things like water damage, smoke, fire, mold, storm damage... They have asbestos removal, like all sorts of things. Revive Restoration has your back 24 7. There's no project too big or too small. So the next time you need help restoring your home or business back to its former glory, you can count on Revive Restoration. You can go to revivepros.com to get that whole thing started. Ask for Josh Duggan and tell him Jim and Matt sent you.
3: This is Religion Hamilton presented by Coors Light Live from the Everlight Solar Studio. Let's throw some stones.
1: The guys think they have the answers to everything. I'm the best there is. People like me. So it's time to put them to the test.
0: That's some booty, Jim. You know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man.
1: This is Throwing Stones, presented by Metro Kia of Madison, Madison's trusted Kia dealership. (laughs) Jim. Yeah.
4: Get out of my ear on the break, would you? While the intro's playing? Sure. Thanks. It is time to throw some stones here on Rutledge and Hamilton. Jim's just dissing me in the break, telling me I'm off my game. <sighs> I already know who won today, so why are we even playing? <laughs> <laughs> NBA Summer League is underway, fellas. And Victor Wen man. Game one, a little rough, nine points. Game two last night, I watched it. 27 points for Wen Binyama who had a slow start. Only a three in the first quarter, I think. Are you subscribing to the Victor Binyama hype, or is it too early to tell that this guy will be as much as we've hyped him up in year number one? Because it's just summer league, Matt. Yeah, it is just summer league, but
0: I am totally bought into
4: this hype. I
0: I truly believe that this guy is going to be like this next LeBron James, version of LeBron James. He's going to be like Giannis. He's going to be the next European star who comes over and just takes basketball by storm. It's going to take him a couple years to fully develop. I think the kid's like 19 right now. And seven
3: five is going to take some to, to fill in. Too.
0: He's got to fill into that kind of lanky body right now. But, man, is the potential for something great there. He can shoot from the wings. He can take it down low. He's got the size to do whatever he needs to do anywhere on the court. This guy is going to be a superstar, and I have bought into the hype.
3: I, I agree. I mean, the first summer league game, let's not forget he's coming off the controversy with the Britney Spears thing his first game. Everyone out there, if you don't know what the Summer League is, just for the casual NBA fan, it's mostly a collection of dudes that won't play in the NBA at all. And then you got some young guys out there who are trying to make a name for himself. You know how you make a name for yourself? Push around the next can't miss kid. There's yeah. no falling out. And then you have a mix of some older guys in there. And Victor, I think, a little bit overwhelmed the first time, but he bounced back. In fact, he showed some real flashes of what he can be him with a pick and roll and his jumper which you can't stop at 75 five he could pick and pop all day and you're cooked I mean yeah. I don't even know if Giannis can get to that that shot even at his height because it's 75 five and the way he shoots it it's like Kevin Durant Kevin Durant I mean, that's shot his comp yes yeah, Kevin
0: Durant but yeah. he's, he's damn near, interest- impossible, to yeah, he's damn near
3: impossible to stop that jumper let alone 75 five so you just have to remember what the summer league is and as long as Victor can stay healthy he'll be in good shape but even if like Kevin Durant gets hurt in that lanky body, but you would still happily have taken Kevin Durant number one in any draft. So yeah. yep, for if sure. he turns out to be Kevin
4: Durant, and that's where I think it's that sort of career, I think you're in pretty good shape. I think you're totally right, and obviously it's way too early to, to crown him like that, right? But I, I, I have never gone out of my way to watch another team other than the Bucks play Summer League. I have watched two Spurs summer leagues games this weekend, and now uh, Wemby report says he will be shut down the rest of summer
1: league. Well, and the other thing Fos that, that he's I'm got gonna going to be from. honest
0: with you, I am going to be very interested when the Wemby one drops. Like Explain he's going to get a, he's going to get a that shoe is. deal, and I, what it is. I am <laughs> I am definitely looking forward to it because this guy, I I really do think he's going to make a crazy impact in the NBA. It's going to be fun to watch. I think he already has, yes. which,
4: is, which is wild to say because he hasn't played an actual NBA game yet. But uh, Pop just signed an extension. I was about to say that. Yep. Yeah, Pop wants to be a part but of that. But that's great. so good for Wemby. Five year extension. It's mm-hmm. one of, if not the greatest, one of the greatest head coaches in NBA history to coach him up for at least five more years. Yeah. Someone who's
0: dealt with foreign prospects before and just
4: absolutely gotten the and, best and, out and of them. And
3: him. Pop might just be handed off to Becky Hammond and. and in the long run,
4: yeah, and, and she could take over. That. Yeah, yeah. let her let her go do her thing with yep. the Las Vegas Aces for a few years, won a title last year in the WNBA. We'll see. The other thing with WNBA is, and I, I can't believe I'm going to admit this, but I, I told Jimmy this earlier in the office, so I'd like to repeat it here. I was watching the first quarter of the Spurs game last night, and I thought to myself, where is it? Like, I just I haven't seen it yet. I know he has it, because there wouldn't be all this hype around him. But <laughs> I haven't seen it yet.
3: That was my favorite part where everyone's like, oh, he's Done. Oh, so you saw him play for five minutes, so you know more than all the NBA. Well, that's Scouts. not what okay. I'm saying. Not you. I'm just saying yeah, that yeah. there were a lot but of people. I'm who were just doing
4: like that. three. I think he checked out with like three points, five minutes into the first quarter. They were only playing him in short spurts, and I was just like I haven't seen it yet. Mm-hmm. And then the second quarter rolled around. I go, <laughs> oh, okay, <laughs> there, there it, is. it is. And like his first game wasn't. It was impressive, but it wasn't wild off the charts, right? Yeah. Like, I I could actually make the argument. Through Saturday, I was more impressed with Marjan Bochamp. Yes. And then I watched Wemby last night. I go, oh. Yeah, that makes a lot more sense. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, okay. So, wow, I'm I'm blown away by him. Hey, how about this, guy, Tim Tebow bringing minor league hockey to Lake Tahoe. Tebow will own and operate a minor league hockey team in Lake Tahoe. Uh, beginning within the next two or three years, it looks like. Tim Tebow, an interesting case. What former athlete would you like to see fund a professional or semi-professional sports team in the state of Wisconsin, Jimmy? Oh, goodness. Good Uh, question, isn't it? It is a good question. Um, I'll go with... Point to me. Just
3: a a name that comes to mind. I'll go with um, J.J. Watt and uh, him funding a... Bringing a, a women's professional soccer team to the state of Wisconsin. His wife plays, so yeah. it makes sense. So I will. I will go with that one.
4: Right, Paul.
0: Ooh, interesting. Um, I would like uh, JJ Watt was also what I was kind of thinking, but now that we're Let's go with TJ, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, no, I'm gonna switch it up. North I former. want to see Chris Orr bring. A national curling circuit to Wisconsin.
4: What? A curling hey, what? team. I want
0: a national curling team in Wisconsin. What is Chris Oram? with curling. He's just a big fan of mine. Big, you know, friend of show, friend of mine. Just really supportive guy. That's who I would want to start a league. And I want it to be curling.
3: That made as much sense as this random text we got from the six oh eight that just says Jay Cutler.
0: Smoking Jay
4: Cutler. <laughs> what about him?
3: I don't know. It just says Jay Cutler. <laughs>
4: All right, Mike. Appreciate the text, man. <laughs> Thanks for listening. <laughs> cool. <laughs> it was always going to be Matt.
1: Sorry, Jimmy. That's
0: the winner today. Win. Must have been that sweet curling content. <laughs> it's
3: definitely that. Yeah, you want to talk? You know, you want to talk about impropriety here? Goodness, you <laughs> tried your best to lose that one. This is Roger <laughs> Hamilton presented by Coors Light.
1: You're listening to Rutledge and Hamilton, presented by Coors Light. The mountains are blue, and we can prove it. Follow the show on Twitter, at Jim and Matt. I
3: Mr. NBA Matt Hamilton King Troll House of D chimes in He wants to be uh, high up on the Marshawn Beauchamp bandwagon We did start the show Talking about Marshawn Beauchamp So King Troll House of D I think you gotta join our bandwagon Because we started the show with that today With the Marshawn
4: Beauchamp Bandwagon talk I gotta give him credit He's been pro Marjan for a while. I you was scroll asking, back.
0: I asked Eric Name about Marjan and how much. But we all have been pro. Oh, you know, sure. We, yeah. we, we all love to pick when it happened, but.
4: Uh, and R- I mean, RCDs I was
0: are, hoping you know. we were going to see a little bit more of him last year, and then Eric Name told me why exactly. Young guys don't have experience playing eighty some games, so that this is going to be Bochamp's first year. After having an eighty or an eighty-plus game season under his belt, so. fifty-two
3: games for him last year. But right. I, your point—he I mean, was around. He was kind yeah, of yeah. Up, but he—he yes.
0: he was around for the whole season. Like obviously, he didn't get in every game. But like that was double the amount of the games six. he's played at most in a regular season in his career.
3: Can we talk for a second? This is Rutledge and Hamilton, presented by Coors no. Light, live from the Everlight Solar Studio. <laughs> well, one. No, we can't. <laughs> but like I care at all what you have to say. Uh, so Budenholzer clearly doesn't really like to play younger players. I mean, Beauchamp didn't really crack the rotation much. 52 games, 13 minutes a game. He showed flashes. He's still not going to have some, a massive season. Right, yeah. If he doubles what he did last year and scores 10 points a game and four rebounds and two assists and a steal... That's amazing. Like yeah, that totally. is really going to set the Bucks up for future success, and I, I don't think that's crazy to say for Bochamp next year. But I don't want to go uh, too crazy on it. But looking at the roster, guys, we'll just talk for a couple minutes on this. But I'll ask the question eight four four seven seven zero thirty seven seventy six. The Bucks bringing everyone back but their coach is that an indictment of Bootenholzer? Because I kind of looked at the roster and said this ain't the problem. The coach is the problem
0: to a point. Yeah, I mean, what do they do? 100%. I mean, like, they, the the head office clearly said that the issue was not the players, it was coaching. When you bring everybody back and expect to run it back when you had, like, what? You're out to that Miami Heat in five, six? Five. Five, right? Like, so, like, yeah, you clearly said, hey, Coach Bud didn't have it. And when your only major switch is your coach, yeah. They, they they sent a clear message to Bud, whether they intended to or not, that, they're like, you had the pieces. You just didn't put it together. Absolutely. And
3: Bochamp could be one of those pieces that, I mean, you couldn't throw him into the playoffs. You didn't play him enough throughout the year. And maybe he totally. wasn't the guy, but, I mean, you could have played him more. Is one example.
0: You Play him more, then takes a little pressure off Middleton. Keeps Middleton. Javon fresher. Carter
3: is a, a favorite hobby horse for a lot of Packer fans, and he got a fair deal from the Chicago Bulls as their backup point guard. But he wasn't used a lot here in uh, Milwaukee. And I think right. that got some Bucks fans upset as well because he can knock down some threes. They did bring in beat They they brought in Beasley on the bench, and they brought in Robin Lopez. Is just a deep depth piece. And, right. Yeah, you know, he's
0: just gonna he's gonna be there as a
3: complimentary piece. Yes, it's not someone gonna, needs
0: a, some wind. It's throw not, him in. You know, he might
3: have the Marshawn Beauchamp stat line from next you know, fifty two games, thirteen minutes in those fifty two games. Like yeah. I mean he might not play a lot. Uh but Beasley is a real pickup. I feel like Beasley swapped out for Grayson Allen and will be the end solution there that they'll use Grayson Allen and his expiring contract to try to get a player that could be more of a ball handler behind Drew because they don't really have anyone that's a true backup point right. guard right now. Yeah, So I think that could be a place, but I think Bochamp and Coddington and all these players are going to get more playing time. And so it, to me, just looked at it and said, this is a Budenholzer problem, who, oh, by the way, was at Summerfest this weekend. Was he? There was a, or maybe it was last weekend there were some people posting photos of Budenholzer at Summerfest. On social. I wish I would have run into them. Yeah, they ran into them. They took some selfies with them. I've been they there the last like two weekends. Enjoying some Coors Light? Of course. Absolutely. Uh, so I
4: saw the band Saliva on Saturday. Are either of you familiar with who that is? Nope. Did you see Earth, Wind, and Fire? I did. I saw them play September. Excellent. So tell us about Saliva. Um, I'm just curious if either of you were familiar with the 2000s rock band Saliva. No. no. Nope. Click, click, boom. Does that ring a bell?
0: No. No.
4: All right. Well. How was it? Terrific. You put on a great uh, show. Boom. Okay. It was, it you was, watched the whole thing? It was a 4 o'clock show, so it was only like 50 minutes. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, like last week uh, when I saw Earth, Wind & Fire, I only caught the one song. See, I just luckily timed it out perfectly.
3: See, the problem is you see some of these bands where you're like, you only know as a one-hit wonder, and they're really tough.
4: Like, for example. Yeah, I we, totally agree.
3: So we saw, and you know, the kids know Nitty Gritty, their band. We saw them a few weeks back. But like, whether you like the music or not, they cranked out like probably seven songs you know. Right, oh, and, yeah. and so it's like, all right. Well, at least they're like. I remember I saw Verve Pipe. They perform there, and their song is "Freshman." That's basically it. So the rest of them, I'm like, ah, oh, this kind of stinks. And you're just waiting <laughs> around for. Freshmen. Like, that was the, you know, we were merely freshmen to play there. But this last weekend, what I did, and we're all going to do this tomorrow, a little change of plans. We're all going to Roosecrisp Steakhouse tomorrow. Yeah. We're going to do, uh, well, not all, me and you. Struff isn't coming.
4: Oh. Hey.
3: But uh, we're going to do the show two to four out there, and then Scalzo and Brust are going to follow us out at uh, Roosecrisp Steakhouse in Middleton. So if you want to stop by and say hello to Mr. Matt Hamilton or Benny Brust, you can do that. So Rutledge and Hamilton and Scalzo and Brust will be at Roosecrisp Steakhouse in middleton tomorrow i was there on saturday My wife and i kind of celebrated a little bit of an early anniversary uh, our anniversary will fall next month but congratulations think, yes
4: happy anniversary to both of you well yeah.
3: again mine's early we're just going to be on vacation with the kids during our actual anniversary time it just so happened that the week we can get this cabin year after year is always right on our anniversary so i said let's just go to bruce chris steakhouse a little early and do our own little dinner so we did that on saturday night I, I cannot recommend it enough. Like, I know Roos is great. I talk about the happy hour all the time. But, I mean, so I had a Nola mule. One, mules are always good. And my daughter's name is Nola. And Roos Chris has its start in New Orleans. It, yeah,
0: okay. I was going to ask if that was like a New Orleans. Okay, yeah. Good. So
3: that was good. My wife had a pomegranate martini and then had the jumbo shrimp. Good God. Just like when you have shrimp oh. that is like homemade cocktail sauce, Matt, which I know you appreciate. Oh, like, yeah. And you can, it's everything just tastes a little better. Then, We had watched The Bear a couple episodes before we had gone out, and you see, which is a show on Hulu, about how much care they put into prepping things at like a higher-end restaurant. And so that was kind of in my head. I'm like, God, this jumbo shrimp is just everything about this place was cared for. So then we got the porterhouse to share, which is 40 ounces, so clearly brought some home. That's a lot of porterhouse. So we got the porterhouse to to share.
0: Sounds like you're a quitter.
3: But they were brought out on a... (laughs) A 500 degree plate, so I like my steak medium rare. My wife was able to warm, you know, cook hers up a little bit to uh, medium, which she's more comfortable with. Amazing. I mean, uh, young the the waitress was out there and she was, you know, putting the butter from the steak, putting it back on top of it. All these small little steps, just making sure that everything was done right. She serves out the first couple steps for us. Um, Then we had a uh, a caramel crusted sweet potato casserole with the pecans on top too. Oh God! I mean, every bite, I'm like. I was probably swearing the whole dinner. I can't say everything I said to I was just like,
0: I need to go to Carbon. Right, right. Exactly. Now.
3: Exactly. But then we also had some mushrooms uh, prefor- uh, prepared there, too, like sauteed in their own special sauce and everything. So an amazing time. Then they brought out cheesecake at the end. They wrote a happy anniversary in chocolate and everything. So, wow. So just an amazing time over at- uh, Did you let them know it was a month early anniversary? I told you we're celebrating a little early. It's, I think, like three weeks early. So- uh, you don't have to be a F-lift celebrity like me to have a great time at Earthquake Steakhouse <laughs> in Middleton. They'll take care of you regardless. I guarantee nobody there knew who I was, but Lee F put in a good fun. word. Yes. This is Rutledge and <laughs> Hamilton presented by Coors Light.
1: You're listening to Rutledge and Hamilton presented by Coors Light. Miss any of the show? Find full show podcasts free on Wisconsin On Demand and wherever you get your podcasts. I head out this room. I'm my favorite tunes. I only got
4: Alex Roof here for my friends at Door County Distillery, locally produced, handcrafted, and award-winning spirits. I love them. I love the gin. I love the bourbon. I love everything they make. The vodka's pretty solid, too, might might I add. Head over to their website, doorcountydistillery.com, to find their great cocktail recipes, sure to be the hit of any summer gathering, as well as the retailer nearest you. And if you're headed up to Door County this summer, maybe taking a little... Date night up in Door County, make sure to check out the distillery tour and the winery tour in Carlsville. County Distillery.com is the website. Dork CountyDistillery.com. Shine with you, I got my head
1: out I'm Jim
0: Rutledge is back!
4: (laughs) Rutledge and Hamilton presented by Coors Light. Would you like to let me in on the joke? Cannot
3: let you in on the joke. If the
0: mountains are blue, you know what to do! And
3: that's Crush of Coors Light. We're live from the Everlight Solar Studio. He's Matt Hamilton. I am uh, Jim Rutledge. Get into the show. 844-770-3776. Matt, we asked the question a little bit earlier in the show. Our Iron Jock poll question. Do you think the Packers will have more or less wins than last year. The number has skewed now. It is fifty-five percent less, fifty or excuse me, forty five percent more.
0: I, I honestly, even if we think Jordan loves the guy, I hope they have less because I want the draft pick to put around him. Even if he, I want him to be, if, if we all think he's going to be great, or if you think he's going to be great as a listener, I am here for that, but I want that Aaron Rodgers season number one. Put up great numbers, don't get more than six wins max, and get yourself a great draft pick. Start to build around him. Adam chimes
3: in on Facebook, which is where also this poll question is posted. Uh, 971 nine, is his number. Nick... <laughs> We're getting a tie? I guess so. Nick chimes in with same as last year. Chris chimes in with less, and Jeff chimes in with less as well. So I don't think it'll be drastically less. I just think if we just look at it logically here, you removed, and I feel like people lose their mind about Aaron Rodgers a little bit, you removed a top 10 quarterback, just even off the way you played last year, a top 10 quarterback in the league last year. You removed it from the roster. Yeah. (coughs) You didn't add anything? I could stop there. (laughs) <laughs> like, I mean, you didn't add anything. By a landslide, the Packers have spent the least amount of money than anyone on free agencies. Um, you're adding maybe some rookies, but, like, again, you can't count on rookies to be the, the steps. Um, and that's it. And then you – oh, oh uh, by the way, you let your kicker go. So now you're going to go with a rookie kicker to try to win close ball games. Well,
4: by the way –
3: Best case scenario, you win. You play close ball games. And, oh, by the way, you're assuming 100% health for Jordan Love because if Sean Clifford comes in, it's an immediate loss.
4: Sorry to cut you off. Yeah. I just – I'm so befuddled, and I love that word, by the way. I'm so befuddled by this Anders Carlson thing. The guy wasn't even good in college. <laughs> I just don't understand it. And like Jason Wildly pointed out in the state of the Packers, because I brought this up on Saturday too, and he pointed out Mason Crosby also wasn't very good in college, and that worked yeah, out. Yeah, the just college fun. thing is hard to figure out. It is, but like he sucked outside of 35 yards. I just don't understand how that translates. So if I'm not mistaken, I think the college
0: hashes where they kick from or like where you can kick from, like if you run a play all the way to the right, you get put on the hash. I think it's like significantly wider than the NFL. Like you could in the NFL, I feel like the hashes are about the width of the goalpost, maybe a touch more. But college, it feels like it's way wider. The hash marks.
4: Uh, you are correct. They are, they are 18 feet, six inches wide in the NFL. They are 40 feet wide in college. So, like,
0: that's a tough kick, especially, like, you got to think about huh. whether you're trying to push a kick or pull a kick, right? Like, if you're kicking it with your right foot and you're on the left hash, you need to kind of push it. Why do you know this? Well, I, because I, it's, it's, it's football things. And I think kicking, when you have to, your angle is greater, where you could be attacking that goalpost from, is harder. Where in, in NFL you're pretty much only inside that 18-foot window as opposed to a 40-foot window. So it, I think it makes a big difference in kicking. But counterpoint, there are good kickers in college. 100%. And the Packers drafted this kid for his leg, for his potential distance. The guy has an absolute boot. Can he dial it in and squ- and bring the accuracy together is what they're asking for. <laughs> are you but,
4: a big kicking guy or what?
0: Where's this coming from? No, well, they're not going to pick up a guy you can't. Who isn't a good no, kicker. You're
3: right, but well, he's they just, think I he's just he's a don't kicker. get it. So I guess I,
0: that's it's an I, important I, position. Okay, but you could have rolled
3: back out with Mason Crosby if you're rolling with a young kicker and you're trying to win football games. You'd put him back out. There. You don't have to draft this guy. There's other kickers with big legs. Totally. I, just, a, I get what you're it saying. It just
0: puts more... Uh, it puts an exclamation point on this, like... We're not rebuilding, but rebuilding seasons. Like We're not going to pay Crosby because we can get away with paying a lot less, and we don't think we're going to need the kicker to win games because in all realness, we would prefer to lose the close one so we could have a higher draft pick. This all plays towards Goody having a better draft pick next year and being able to build this team without fully cashing everything in.
3: Which befuddles you more, the Sean Clifford pick and making him your backup QB with a kicker. I mean, Sean Clifford, whatever service you're looking at was essentially dead last or in the bottom five as quarterback prospects in this draft. You did not have to draft them. The Packers got taken by someone if they thought they had to draft him to get him. And how, ba- how bad do you think, ev- again, hubris, how bad do you think every other scout in the NFL, and people watching the game are that you think you're smarter than all of them and you have to have this guy in the fifth round when you could have just picked him up as a street-free agent.
4: Tom Brady was a seventh-round pick. Right! <laughs> what was Sean Clifford's pick? He's a fifth-round pick. Right! So it does, it's not even apples to
3: apples.
0: No I'm, no one's
4: saying yeah, that Sean Brady was a guy,
0: but I think this still tracks towards the... If the Pat, if Jordan Love gets hurt and Sean Clifford goes in, Goody's right. like great.
4: I just, my, my I point, really hope Sean Clifford somehow evolves into a Hall of Fame quarterback. How goofy would Because my whole point, just, the whole point with like.
3: Clifford is like, there's not value there for him. Like taking Tom Brady in the seventh round, okay, that's a throwaway pick. Fifth round is a valuable pick, a guy who can make a roster. There's yeah. no value in Sean Clifford. You could have gotten him as undrafted free agent. Maybe he'll be fine, but you didn't have to draft him there again draft is like stocks and they overpaid for that stock this is Roger Hamilton presented by Courage Lights Scalzo and Russ, coming up next see ya yeah.